Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're on with me wherever you are and whatever time that you're listening to this. And you're probably wondering, you know, this is unusual that Preston is putting out an episode on a Monday as I usually release content on the weekends. But I felt really impressed upon by the Lord and stirred in my spirit to deal with something that I feel is an issue in the body of Christ right now, and specifically something that's targeting younger people, my generation. And I want to deal with it from the Bible today on this episode. And believe me, um, before I even hit the record button today, I prayed in the Holy Ghost for about an hour and just asked God to give me the grace to say what I feel the Bible says about this issue and do so in love and grace and compassion. Um, Because I know I'm self-aware to understand that there are times where I'll speak about an issue and maybe I do more damage than good because I come off uh, too strong or I say things that might rub people the wrong way. But I want you to understand my heart today and why I'm doing this at all. And it's because I want you to be completely free and have no chains holding you back in your life. And so today, as you probably can uh, understand from my past stories that I've put on my social media the past few days, I want to talk about mental health awareness and this whole idea that we need to bring awareness that people that are Christians, not unsaved people, by the way, these are things that are being preached in churches by pastors to members of their congregation, saved people mental health awareness, that there is this movement to bring awareness to depression, to bring awareness to anxiety and suicidal thoughts and all of these dark, demonic things. They're not of God. They're demonic. So when I use that word on my social media, people, you know, maybe didn't like that, but it is demonic because when you exalt an issue, when you exalt something that comes from the enemy more than you exalt Christ, that's demonic. When you exalt your issue more than Christ, I understand why you have the issue. Because you give more time and you give more credence and you give more of your focus and attention and your energy and your words to something that's demonic, depression, anxiety, fear, all these things. And then you make excuses for it by saying that it's a chemical imbalance in the brain, that it's something that's hereditary, that you got it from your parents or whatever. And It angers me in a righteous way. I'm not in my soul today. Like I said, I prayed in the Holy Ghost for a while before I even hit record today. So I'm not coming to you from an angry place in my soul. Really what the mental health awareness movement is, is something from the the soul and the flesh. Because it's an excuse to live with your issue and be content with your problems. But understand something. The Bible doesn't teach you to embrace and live with your problems. The Bible teaches that you can be free from your issues and your problems forever through the power of Jesus Christ. And many people don't understand that Jesus didn't just come to the earth and get off his throne in heaven and live a perfect life, be tempted in every way 
as we are, the Bible says, yet sin not, shed his perfect blood on the cross. He didn't do all of those things just for forgiveness of sin. He didn't even just do it for the healing of our bodies. He also did it for the deliverance of our mind from things that were sent to oppress us and destroy us. And understand something. Maybe this is something I'm preaching to the choir today, but I feel like there are people that are going to listen to this that have never heard these things. Depression, anxiety, and fear have no place in the mind of a believer. Jesus has set you free from them. When Jesus died on the cross, that was it. That's why I titled this podcast, Get Jesus Off the Cross, because this whole movement that I'm going to be talking about today and dismantling from the Bible and doctrine is something that was born to me out of this thought that, you know, Jesus suffered. Jesus took stripes upon his back. Jesus was beaten. Jesus did this and that. And those things are true. Jesus was brutally beaten. Jesus had a crown of thorns placed into his head, driven into his skull so severely that blood pooled on his temple. The Bible says his face was so severely beaten that his own mother couldn't recognize him when she saw him. The Bible says that they got a cat of nine tails, a weapon that had nine spikes and a, a whip that had nine spikes attached to the end of it, and they brutally whipped his back over and over and over again. So obviously, I'm not saying that Jesus didn't go through a brutal punishment for our sake. But understand something. I'm going to read it from the Bible. But when Jesus did that, that was the only time he had to do it. You understand that? You understand that there's no punishment that now we have to receive. Why? Because Jesus bore it all. Jesus paid it all. There's nothing left to pay. There's nothing left for us to give to Jesus that he didn't already pay the bill for. You know, there's a song we used to sing in church, an old hymn, and it would say, Alas, did my Savior bleed. And then the last lyric of that song is, Drops of tears can never repay the debt of love that I owe. So, dear Lord, I give myself to thee, for it's all that I can do. So, that's a song, but it's really doctrinally correct because it teaches you that Jesus paid everything for us. And now, the only thing that we can do to pay off the debt, the debt that we have to Christ is give our life to him and serve him for the rest of our life. You can't pay back Christ with suffering for things he already suffered for. And that's where this whole movement is born from that, you know, Jesus was beaten. Jesus dealt with this, or they'll even go to the old Testament. You know, the prophet, uh, Elisha, he had depression. The Bible says in first Kings 19 to the point where he wanted to even take his own life you know, and I felt that way. And sometimes I want to take my own life. And I know it's something that I just have to deal. No, understand something. Jesus paid it all. And now he'll never have to pay it again. Get Jesus off the cross. You know, I've seen even in churches, I used to see it just like on wrappers, but you know, they have those gold chains with the cross on them. And then some of the crosses have Jesus's body hanging on the cross. I have to say something. I really dislike those necklaces. I think they call it a Jesus piece. <laughs> I think Rick Ross called it that. But I really dislike those necklaces because understand something. Jesus, yes, he was nailed to a cross. He was hanging on that cross for you and me, but he's not there anymore. He's not there anymore. That's why I put in my social media. 
about, I was talking about the cross and the empty tomb. And the cross is powerful. Don't get me wrong. But what's more powerful is the empty tomb. Because the cross, yes, it symbolizes Christ's sacrifice. It symbolizes Christ's obedience to his Father to do whatever he asked him to do. It symbolizes Christ's willingness to submit to even death on a cross. Yes, absolutely. But understand something, what shows his power and his life and his deity that he was truly the son of God wasn't the cross, but it was the empty tomb. And so for me, it angers me again, righteously. And it puts something in my spirit to say, Hey, wait a minute. These people are preaching that you still have to suffer. These people are preaching that you still have to deal with all these issues, that you're going to have to deal with that anxiety issue the rest of your life, and we need to bring awareness to this, and we just need to form clubs and hold hands and get in circles and rub each other's backs and have uh, tissues in the churches so we can just cry and hold each other and hug at the altar. Uh, It's not for me because it's not biblical. The Bible doesn't teach you to bear and grimace through pain and deal with the problems of life until you die. No, the Bible says you can have the authority to overcome those issues on this earth and in heaven. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to be free from all these issues and have no pain and have no depression and have no uh, anxiety in this dark spirit, this oppressive spirit this heavy thing that comes on you. No, you can be free of it instantly through the power of Christ and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to read to you Romans 6. I'm going to read 10 verses from Romans 6 because this perfectly illustrates the doctrine that I want to share with you today that I feel is lost. It's like, seriously, people create these movements and they're not rooted in the Bible. They're not doctrinally correct. There's no theology in them. It's just movements of the soul. And before I read that, before I read Romans 6, I'm concerned with my generation and I'm concerned with what my generation gravitates to. Because many of the things, and you know, call me bitter, call me critical, call me judgmental, whatever you want to do. But many of the things that I see, my generation and younger and even older, gravitate to is not something that's doctrinally correct. It's not something that's spirit-led, but it's soulish, emotional things. It's in the soulish realm. You know, even when you get into uh, music, Christian music that comes out now, the lyrics aren't rooted in doctrine. The lyrics aren't rooted in the Bible. They're not even theologically correct. They're about how they feel. They're written from a place of emotion. And, you know, I was in a dark place and blah, blah, blah. And I wrote this song and It talks for 45 minutes about how hard life is, but then there's 30 seconds where I mention Christ at the end. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, they're excellent musicians. There are people that are immensely talented, that they're gifted, but the things that they write and produce are not spirit-led. They're soulishly founded. Their root is emotion and darkness and sadness and all of these things that do not belong in the life of a believer. And so understand, you'll see it. You know, my generation, they'll repost a song from some Christian group and it sounds good. It looks good. They have the aesthetic down. They have the color palettes down. They have every single thing in the right exact place. It looks so good. It sounds so good. It's like 
uh, dessert for your soul. You just eat it up and it tastes so sweet and it's awesome. But then 15 minutes later, you feel like you're going to die and you need your stomach pumped because you filled yourself with all this stuff that's not beneficial or nutritious to your spirit, but you're just trying to feed your flesh. You're trying to scratch this religious thing that people have. It's like the Bible says, in the last days, there will come a time where people will preach doctrines of devils, that they'll preach sermons that will soothe uh, the souls of people that have itching ears, but it's not spirit-led. God's not in it. It's not anointed. And so I'm not saying all Christian music that comes out nowadays is bad. Not at all. There are people that are doing amazing jobs, but I have a concern because my generation they gravitate towards it and they eat it up because they think it's God. They think it's spiritual. They think it's Christian. But there's a deception that the devil uses. And understand, for it to be deception, it has to have an appearance that's attractive. It has to have qualities to it that you want to embrace. And, oh, it looks good. It's it's 95% uh, something that I would want to do. But there's that 5% little thing that the devil throws in there to keep you bound and to keep you chained up. And it's not what God's, God's will is for your life. And it's not what God's will is for our generation. So understand, we want revival, yeah? I mean, our generation wants to see God move in a powerful way before Jesus returns. I know I want to see it. I know every single young person I talk to, and there's a lot, that they want to see that. But it's not going to come from the soul. It's not going to come from an emotional place. It's going to come from the Spirit. For those that are the sons of God or the children of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. And so understand, you have to learn to discern what's of God and what's of the flesh and what's of the soul. You have to be able to discern, even with people that have platform ministries, discern, is this person's thought, their ministry, what they're preaching, what they're singing about, is it something that I can prove from the Bible and it's spiritual and it's anointed, or is it something that's just born out of a soulless place and, it, and it's meant to just appeal to my emotions, appeal to my... Um, insecurities, appeal to my weakness, appeal to my issue that I have that I don't want to let go of. You have to be able to discern that for yourself as a young person. It's vitally important. But getting back to my title that I felt was the key thought of what I wanted to share today, get Jesus off the cross, let's read Romans 6, and I'm going to begin in verse 1, and I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, the ESV. The Bible says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism unto death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead. Hear this. This is powerful. This, these 10 verses illustrate and vocalize what I'm trying to say better than I ever could. And I'm trying my best, but listen, this is so powerful. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too, me and you, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love that. 
Verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him. Hallelujah. Our old self, the person that we used to be, that depression, that anxiety, that generational curse, that sick, whatever it is, that old self, that past person was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Hallelujah. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died, I feel the anointing on this. For one who has died has been set free. Hallelujah. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. He's not asking you to die just to die. He's asking you to die so that you can truly live. We know that Christ being raised from the dead, here's, here it is right here, will never die again. Get Jesus off the cross. Get Jesus off the cross. His life was given once and for all and for always. Those nails that were driven into his hands and his feet, it was done one time. Jesus gave permission for the Roman people, people of the world, to do that to him one single time, and it will never happen again. Get him off the cross. You might say, how am I, how am I putting Jesus on the cross? When you exalt the issue he redeemed you from, you drive the nails into his hands and, and feet over and over again. Stop beating Jesus. Stop crucifying him every day. By dealing with the same thing that you've dealt with for years and years. You won't let it go. Stop crucifying Christ. Get him off the cross. He did it once. One time. And it works for everybody for all of time. There's nothing the devil can send now that's more powerful than that. You understand? And this movement is such a lie from hell. It grieves my spirit because when you understand that, you won't give credence to, oh, I deal with this issue. My mom dealt with it. My grandmother dealt with it. My great, and your tone of voice becomes like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. And there's a cartoon rain cloud that follows you everywhere you go. I have no reason to be downcast. I have no reason to be sad. I have no reason to be in defeat. I am raised and seated with Christ in a heavenly place. That the Bible says, as he is, so am I, or so are we, in this present world. Not in heaven one day. The Bible didn't say that as Jesus is now, one day, if you deal with this depression and this heaviness, and you raise awareness to mental health, one day you'll be like he is now. No. Bible says, in this present world, right now. Right now. Faith is now. Doesn't wait. Doesn't need therapy sessions. Doesn't need counseling. Jesus is not your psychiatrist. Jesus is not giving you medication. It angers me, man, because people don't understand the power of Christ. They don't understand fully what he came to do. Be free. Be free and stay free. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. How are you going to set other people free when you're bound? How are you going to break chains off of other people when there are chains holding you back? How can you take someone somewhere if you haven't been there yourself? One thing my cousin, evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. says, an example I love. 
But he was preaching about something similar to this. And he said this story, this example, how concerning would it be if you were on a safari in Africa, like the jungles of Africa where there's lions and uh, all sorts of rhinoceroses and all these sorts of animals that can do some serious damage to you. You're not in a, you know, a zoo in like Ohio or something. You're in the safaris of Africa and your tour guide is driving you along and you ask him, you know, how long have you been a tour guide for? And you've taken people into this, these jungles. And he said, oh, it's my first time too. And you'd be like, what? You would be, there would be instant fear that would grip you if you heard that from your safari leader, that it was the first time he's ever been in these jungles. He doesn't know anything about where the animals are. He doesn't know anything about how not to anger the animals. <laughs> you know, you'd be afraid, right? So understand something. If you want your generation to be, and I believe you do, I believe the reason you're listening to me right now is because you believe a revival is going to hit our generation and people who are bound, depressed, cutting themselves, have suicidal thoughts, uh, are weighed down by darkness, they're going to get set free by the power of Christ. I know you believe that if you're listening to me. But listen, how are you going to bring someone to that place if you've never been there? How are you going to set someone free from depression if you're still hanging on to it? How are you going to set someone free from anxiety and fear if you are posting mental health awareness posts that you still deal with it? It's insane. It's crazy. I want to read something to you that someone sent me, and I'm not going to tell you what church is from or anything like that. But this is from a church, a full gospel church. And I'm not going to mention names, where this church is, who the pastor is, but, but listen to this. This is what it said. But he said to me, this is a, 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 a Facebook advertisement for a service of a message this pastor is going to be preaching. And he's quoting a verse. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Today, Pastor So-and-So will continue the Back in the Cave series and our focus on mental health. It's not too late to join us. So wait a minute. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. There are churches. There are pastors. There are people doing sermon series on mental health awareness. And they're taking a scripture out of context to apply it to their issue. Oh, oh my goodness. You know, if, if you don't understand why I felt to do this, I hope you understand a little bit of my urgency and why I'm grieved. Because Paul in 2 Corinthians there was not talking about depression. <laughs> I can't, I mean, we have to talk about it because someone's talking about it. I'm not, I didn't say who it was, so you can't tell me I was being mean or whatever. But Paul wasn't talking about depression in that scripture. He wasn't talking about suicidal thoughts. He wasn't talking about cutting yourself. He wasn't talking about darkness and oppression and a heavy spirit. You know, that'd be like me saying, you know, I'm a murderer and uh, that's my weakness. I'm a murderer. That's my weakness. And so God, even though I'm a murderer, I know you're going to help me in my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Uh, even though I'm continuing to kill people, it's like, even though the police are after me and I'm on the FBI's most wanted list for killing people every day, I know God, you're going to be made perfect in that weakness of mine of killing people. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
because those things are both things that you should not be dealing with if you're saved. You understand? So you understand the urgency of why I'm making this episode today, because how crazy is that? How crazy is that? That people just want to be bound. And I want to get into this too. But if you take notes for these podcasts, write this down. If you never have an anger, and if you never have an overwhelming desire to be set free from your issue, you'll never be free. If you don't hate your issue, and people say, oh, he said hate. He's a preacher. How can he use the word hate? I will love the things that God loves, and I will hate the things that God hates. There's a whole section in Proverbs where the Bible talks about things that God hates. You know that, right? There can't be perfect love if there's not hatred because you have to have the dichotomy. You have to have the opposites of each other. If everything's love, nothing's nothing is. If everything's special, nothing is. You understand? So there are things you can hate. And I'm not and listen, I'm not talking about hating people. I mentioned that also. Because Jesus never had compassion on sickness. Jesus never had compassion. Hear me, Jesus Christ. He he never had compassion on disease. He never had passion on blindness or deafness or lameness or muteness or even people that were demon possessed. He had no compassion for the problem. He only had compassion for the person. That's the difference. And mental health awareness is this movement that has compassion on the issue. Maybe it started from a place of having compassion on the person with the issue, but what I hear and what I see and what what I see people write and repost, it's giving an excuse to be bound with depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts. It's not right. It's not right. I could dismantle this from the, that's what I'm doing today, but there's no scriptures that back that up. Maybe they would use that scripture that I just quoted, but that's the most out of context scripture I may have ever seen, ever. Craziness, absolutely crazy. If you don't hate your issue and want to be set free, you'll never be free because you'll always find the excuse to tell yourself that you can deal with it, that you can just stay in it. No, that's why I love the faith of the woman in Mark 5 that had the issue of blood. That the Bible says she tried her best. She tried in the natural to get rid of her problem. It was an issue of blood, but you can think of it in the same way as this depression stuff. Let's say, you know, the Bible says she spent all that she had trying to get better, but she only grew worse on doctors trying to solve the issue of blood that she had. There are people, I'm sure, that go see a psychiatrist and get therapy sessions every single week. They're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to sit on a couch and listen to a psychiatrist, listen to their issues, and then kick them out of the room. And they're spending all this money trying to solve this issue that's a spiritual issue with a natural solution. And they're not getting better, but they're growing worse. You know why they're growing worse? Because they're focusing on the problem instead of focusing on the solution. And the solution is not a psychiatrist. The solution is not therapy. The solution is not a friend group or a group message where you talk about depression with your friends. The solution is not mental health awareness. The solution is Jesus. 
The solution is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. For the world today, above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way. I'm here to exalt Christ. My preaching, these things that I produce, these podcast episodes, anytime I'm invited to go anywhere for any reason, I'm there to lift Christ. I'm there to exalt him. For Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. My job as a preacher and your job as a Christian is not to bring awareness to problems. I I think of this in the same way as people that repost news articles that are negative. Oh, did you see the CDC's doing this? And I do things as a joke, like I'll, I'll repost the Babylon Bee because it makes me laugh, but it's not a serious news site, it's, it's satire, you understand? But there are Christians that they think their whole purpose as a Christian is to make everybody aware of all these issues that are going on in the world or in our country. Did you see what Joe Biden did? Did you see what's going on? And maybe I did see it, but why should I blast it on my social media and put all this negative stuff in front of people I'm trying to help. That's not what a preacher does. Read Isaiah 61 if you want to know what someone that's anointed to preach does. It's what Jesus was anointed to do. It's what I'm anointed to do. It's what you're anointed to do. If you're called into ministry, Spirit of the Lord's upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel. In that chapter, it mentions proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know what that means? Proclaim that things are going to go well for you, not bad. (laughs) Isaiah 3.10, tell the righteous, it shall be well with them. Where is that? Where is that in the pulpits of America? I thought this stuff would be like in the, I don't know, the group chats of like 13 and 14 year olds that are like in middle school and dealing with hormones. But we got 50 year old men of God that are talking about mental health awareness every single week? Give me a break, man. It's like, are you going through a midlife crisis? Get free. Get free. I'm not going to be bound by anything. And I don't want anybody that listens to this to be bound. If you're bound by something, I'll pray for you. You'll get set free. I believe that. I'm one of those crazy people that still believes that Jesus was who he said he was. That he still has the power that he said he did. That when I read the stories of the Bible, I actually believe they happened. I believe they're real stories. I don't think they're illustrations or poetic. I think they literally happened. I think God literally shut the mouths of lions. I believe God literally used a teenager to take out a nine-foot giant. I believe it. They're not encouraging stories that I tell like they're myths or like they're Aesop's fables or something. I believe they actually happened. I believe Jesus is as alive today and the Holy Ghost is still moving today like he was moving in Acts chapter 2. I'm one of those crazy people, I guess. What happened to that? What happened to that in America? What happened to that in my generation, man? And that's why it's so serious to me because I don't want you to deal with that. I don't want you to think that's right or okay. It's not okay. That's why I called this an emergency podcast because it is an emergency to me. Maybe it's not to other people. But when you see people that have cut marks from their wrist to their elbow because they don't know how to get out of their pain and their turmoil, 
because all they know is darkness, because all they've seen is pain. And you have the answer that would bring them out of that place. And instead you exalt their issue. What is wrong with you, man? You exalt their problem. No, I won't. I refuse to do it. I refuse to exalt problems. I refuse to exalt weakness. I'm strong in my God. He's anointed me. He's empowered me. He raised me up. I once was lost. Now I'm found. I once was bound. Now I'm free. And I'll never be bound again. And anyone that's listening to me and you want to be free, you can be free. Free. I don't believe in generational curses that last after you accept Christ. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. The very DNA of who you are changes the moment that Christ enters the room. Hallelujah. People preaching that depression's more powerful than Christ. What a slap in the face to God. What a slap in the face to Jesus coming off his throne in heaven and sacrificing his life. What a slap in the face. You're beating him all over again. You're putting the nails in his hands and his feet all over again. You're just like the Roman government. You're just like the Roman soldiers that beat him without mercy. But understand something? Jesus left death behind him. Hear that? Verse 9. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the... Hallelujah. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin. Once for all. Hallelujah. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in God through Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to depression. I'm not raising awareness for it. Jesus ended it the day he died on the cross. It ended for me. People in the world might deal with it, But guess what? You and I are anointed to bring them out of that thing that binds them. Not anointed to pat them on the shoulder and cry with them. That's, what is that? Ugh. What's the point? If you hug someone, you cry, and then they're the same person when they leave. Why? To soothe your conscience, make you feel like you did a good deed? You did nothing. You did absolutely nothing. Jesus is the one that sets free. Not your hugs. Believe it or not, not your hugs. Jesus Christ, the life and power of God, the word that was made flesh that dwelt amongst men. He's the one that sets free. Not your hugs at an altar crying. In in your soul, out of emotion. And then next week, you're the same person crying. Next week, you're the same person crying. Ugh. I understand people maybe don't have the same faith I do. 
in the same background as me, in the same family as me, and things like that. But there has to get to a point in your life, like the woman with the issue of blood, where you'll press through the crowd. You'll get on your hands and knees. You'll push full-grown men out of the way to get to Jesus because you know, you have the faith that if you could just touch the hem of his garment, you'll be made whole. That's the faith Jesus is looking for. Not cry, hold hands at the altar, and sing kumbaya, faith. That's not it, man. It's not for me. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a therapist. I am not a camp counselor. I'm a minister of Jesus Christ. I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost to do what I'm called to do. I'm anointed to proclaim liberty to captives. That's what depression is. It's a captive thing. Keeps you bound. Keeps you in struggle. Keeps you with your head down. Teaches you you have to deal with life and just take beatings and accept it your whole life. No. No, sir. I'm free. And you can be free too. I reject the doctrine of mental health awareness. It's demonically inspired. I reject its movement to the body of Christ. May it never have credence in your mind. May you never give a second thought to it. Well, he's harsh. He's He doesn't speak in love. Yeah. Well, I guess the love is the thing that keeps you bound then. I guess love is teaching you that your issue is not a big deal and you can just take it your whole life, that you can be sad. I'm not doing this because I don't like people. I'm doing this because I love people. I'm doing this because I want people to go to heaven. I'm doing this because I want people to be free from depression, anxiety, and fear. And Jesus is the answer for it. The Holy Ghost will bring it to you. For in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Nehemiah 8.12 For the joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't let the devil steal your strength through this movement of the soul and the flesh and carnal philosophy. Junk, man. Junk. There's no benefit to it. Well, we just want to raise awareness to depression. You think I didn't know what depression was before? Genius. Oh, wow. Can you sound that word out for me? Depression. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was a real thing. I didn't know that existed. I was living over under a rock for my whole life. Yeah. Thank you for making it aware to me that that exists. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. I'm not doing that. I'm making aware. I'm raising awareness for Christ. <laughs> that sounds a little corny, but I, I, it's true. That's what I'm trying to do. How about that? Christ awareness. <laughs> Christ Jesus awareness. CGA. Starting the movement today. He's more powerful than depression. I'm not going to go much longer because I shared what I wanted to share. I got it off my chest. It's from the Bible. These thoughts are from the Bible. People, I promise you, they cannot bring an argument to me that's found in the Bible. And if they do, it's like some Old Testament story about, you know, like I mentioned that one about the prophet. Oh, he dealt with anxiety and depression. Yeah, and then God rebuked him for it in the Old Covenant and told him, hey, don't say that kind of stuff because I've reserved thousands that are just like you. I know the story, First Kings 19. God rebuked him for speaking like that. 
Same thing with Job. When Job spoke like that about God, God rebuked him for it. In an old covenant, far lesser than the covenant we have through Christ now. So how much more should there be a boldness and a righteous indignation to say, hey, don't exalt the issue, exalt Christ, and he'll set you free, and you'll never deal with that issue ever again for the rest of your life. That's what I want to do today. So right now, I just want to pray with all those that are listening and just pray that this message will be in your heart forever and that it will never leave you, that you'll never be able to accept these doctrines that will put you in bondage. So right now, let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for this time that I've had on the podcast with my friends. Father, I thank you that you're raising up a generation that will not compromise and give their ear to doctrines of devils, to things that will keep them bound and depressed and in a dark place. Father, I thank you that your word and your power will lift us out of any trouble, any generational curse, any anxiety, anything that was sent to destroy us, your word and your power will set us free from that in Jesus' mighty name. May the people that listen to this episode never deal with a dark, oppressive, heavy spirit for as long as they live. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray it. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I, I hope you're not mad at me. If you are, that's okay because I'm, I'm willing to be hated for preaching this way. It's just who I am. I'm not afraid of people's opinions or their criticisms. I am who I am and I say what, what I say and I, and I get it from the Bible. If you don't like it, then take it up with God because I don't know what to tell you. But I know that there are people, most of you, that support me and would agree with what I'm talking about today. And so I love you. I love the people that hate me too. I love the people that hate me. I love the people that love me. I love the people that don't even know who I am, which is like 99.9% .9 of the world. And so I hope this blessed you today. I want you to know that I'm, I'm going to be back on later this week to continue my series about victimhood. And it's uh, going to be a part of a series that I'm going to have audio transcribed so that I can create and develop my first book that will come out later this year. And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm also going to be working on some YouTube content and some videos of my actual face. And so look forward to seeing you on those things as well. There are some doors opening to travel through um, preaching for my Bible school and, and other things that have happened, doors opening and things lining up for this summer. And I'm really excited. God's just opening up things really quickly for me, and I'm really happy, and uh, I want you to know, I love you, I do, I really love you, you can visit my website, it's my name, PrestonShuttlesworth.com, for uh, a blo blog that I do on there, content that's going to be coming to that website, you can also give through that website if you feel led to give, and yeah, so I love you, with all my heart, be blessed in Jesus' name, and I'm going to talk to you very, very soon, God bless you.